In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the internationally acclaimed OGGN HSE podcast sponsored by Anderson Hauser. Anderson Hauser is a global leader in measurement instrumentation services and solutions for industrial process engineering. Uh, today I have two guests on the show and uh, sticking with our international flavor here, uh, First of all, I've got Gav Martell, and Gav, you are the Chief Operating Officer for SkyX. Is that correct? That is correct. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you guys have got some uh, very uh, interesting uh, technologies and procedures uh, that uh, contribute to HSE, and that's what we're going to discuss. Uh, and so, Gav, uh, I, I said international uh where are you? Where are you right now? Are, are you uh, are you in Israel? I am actually in uh, Toronto, Canada. That's where our headquarters is based, just north of the city there. And uh, you mentioned international flavors, which is interesting because when I'm not uh, flying drones, I'm a chef, and I was on Master Chef Canada. So, um, Master Chef Canada. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Where health and safety is just as important as uh, when you're flying drones for oil and gas. Okay. So. Uh, Julie, uh, who is, uh, if, if she's like, uh, I'm, I'm chairman of the uh, Houston chapter of API and, uh, Shannon is, is our executive administrator. So she really runs everything. And I kind of got the impression that's really, uh, your Julie is my Shannon. Uh, but uh, talking to her, I, somebody's in Israel. Who is that? Uh, so before I ask that question, I'm going to go get someone to watch my dog who's barking. Give me one second. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, Jeff? Yes. So he has a dog? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> okay. Does he have a cat? Uh, no. I think they're not chasing one another. Oh. Well, what I heard was is you're supposed to have a dog to provide you with unconditional love, but you're supposed to also have a cat to remind you that you don't deserve it. Exactly. <laughs> I that wholeheartedly. While we're waiting on, on Gav, uh, Jeff, uh, you are, uh, and I, I guess I didn't even introduce you yet. Uh, no, uh, that's fine. Jeffrey Jones. Uh, Jeff is uh, the VP of Global Sales and Business Development. And uh, Jeff, you're in another foreign country, right? I am. I'm in the foreign country of Austin, Texas. It's becoming more foreign every day. Actually, uh, of course, people in Texas will know this. I don't know if, if people in the rest of the states will or, or, or even internationally, but uh, that uh, the fact that Austin is its own little little foreign country inside of, of what everybody considers as traditional conservative Texas uh, is, is actually the case and is, as you said, becoming uh, more uh so every day so so gab is in in toronto he's about to tell us uh i think your ceo is is in israel and he's going to talk to us about that in just a minute because uh your ceo's kind of got a, an exciting background but uh, how'd you hook up with these guys in austin texas um uh, well so 
you know, not long ago, back in, I guess, February timeframe of this year, they reached out to me looking for someone to to really, you know, up the game a little bit in the, the technology enterprise uh, software sales arena uh, and have someone with a background in enterprise sales within the oil and gas space. And myself, I've spent my career here in Texas traveling the world, but also working in some some of the the biggest technology companies, uh, as well as some smaller companies, you know, focusing on uh, cloud computing, big data analytics, um, business intelligence applications, and, and building applications for oil and gas companies uh, to really look at data, building dashboards and things of that nature. And so it was a great fit. That's good. Gav, are you back yet? You get your dog quiet? Yeah, I'll sort of. <laughs> Uh, okay, so 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 tell us about the Israel connection. Yeah, so our founder, uh, Didi Horn, was a drone pilot for the Israel Defense Forces. And when he finished his service, he you know came out and, and was looking for how drones, uh, how there was space for drones to integrate into different markets. And he fell upon this idea to have uh, drones that were specific to long-range assets. And uh, obviously, oil and gas pipeline fits right in there. Um, and he started work on both hardware and software that could provide the data needed to really make uh, pipeline operations safer and more efficient. Okay, so uh, your contribution to HSE and the oil and gas industry uh, is is exactly what? Is that for me or for Gaff? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you know that. that, that see, I'm I'm such a bad host. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> people actually listen to this show just to just to learn what not to do on on hosting a podcast. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll throw that out to 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 either one of you. All right, Jeff, you want to handle that one? Yeah. So our contribution to oil and gas uh, and HSE specifically is we take and add another layer of data, uh, more granular layer of data um, from the air utilizing drones and we capture that data on a repeatable basis and we bring that data back and put it in our platform to look for anomalies and changes either around or with the pipeline to avert catastrophes and to keep the health of the pipeline uh, in the integrity of the pipeline if you will. So so you guys fly drones of course there's uh that's that's become quite popular in in recent years uh, using drones to to fly pipelines and uh you know uh, various different uh, facilities especially if uh, if they're not always uh, manned and that sort of thing but uh you guys do more than just just fly drones uh, this this other layer that, that that you're talking about uh tell me about that for sure. So, I mean, anywhere in the world now, you see people who are uh, purchasing drones off the shelf and then trying to provide services um, to different industries. And, um, you know, it's not difficult now to fly a drone safely for short distances. But when you're looking at uh, pipelines or large areas of you know many square miles uh, that need monitoring, uh, you can't just send a drone up in the air and fly it for 15 minutes and then land it and fly it again for 15 minutes. Uh, what, what SkyX has... Um, put into the marketplace is a complete system that includes uh, the hardware that is able to capture the data over these long distances, and then also the software systems that can break down all of that data and provide insights um, that are actionable. 
And so this, uh, all this data and, and that sort of thing, it, it goes where? So the data gets fed into our uh, provisional software, um, sorry, into our proprietary software system called SkyVision. Um, within SkyVision, we're able to process those images, highlight areas of interest um, or anomalies, and then show them to the client in a very succinct way um, in a map that they're used to looking at of their asset. It includes the asset itself so they can see where those issues are. Um, and then also they can export it into any system that they currently use to monitor their systems, whether it's ArcGIS or, or another platform. So, uh, Jeff, since you're the uh, VP of Global Sales and Business Development, give me, uh, and I don't know if it's okay if you don't mention the company or if you want to mention the company, that's fine. But give me give me some examples of, of, of how you went in and, and solved a problem for somebody. Well, uh, one of the clients that we're working with that we're really proud of is Denbury here in North America. And for Denbury, we're flying their um, pipelines in Mississippi Delta area. So Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas area. And we're capturing data that they've never captured before. And what's interesting about that is the really the approach that we have taken with Denbury. And that approach is to, to work in tandem with them as a partner to, to seek to push the envelope, envelope on the data that they're collecting, how frequently they're collecting it, and, and then looking towards getting beyond visual line of sight together with them. And what that means is you, extremely less expensive way of operating and gathering data along the pipeline because um, we'll be able to do that. So we're going to work with them over time uh, as part of our venture to to push that envelope on beyond visual line of sight flight. Okay, and 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 traditionally that's what flying drones did. It just gave you it gave you a visual line of sight figure, and you've added this extra layer with this. Uh, I think you call it SkyVision software, right? Yeah. So most. Uh, pilots are flying line of sight. So so they, they get up and fly and they have to have the, the craft within line of sight, right? And so there's only a, a certain distance that they can fly uh, when that craft is beyond that line of sight. And when th there are challenges in North America and other places with getting, um, I would say, approval to fly beyond visual line of sight, one of those things that you need is an asset to do that with. So Denbury uh, we, we're going to be working with them at some point to look for some sort of an asset to do that. And, and from, a, from a regulatory perspective, um, that allows us to then apply with Denbury um, to the FAA for that BV loss waiver uh, and say we're you know, improving the health uh, and safety of people who live in and around these pipelines, of the people who work on the pipeline or, or monitor them by foot or, or truck. And so ultimately, when we apply together for that uh, for that waiver, um, there's a much higher percentage chance of uh, of getting an approval. Okay, so you, you, uh, Jeff, you mentioned uh, Denbury. Uh, you mentioned Mississippi. Uh, they have some assets here in Texas. Are you working with them here in Texas? Well, not, they have assets in Texas, but we haven't flown those assets yet. But it, that is part of that. Yes. Okay. All right. The reason I was curious, they have a huge uh, production field not too far from actually where I live. Um, so um, 
you you talk about doing it for them in Mississippi, and you talk so, and you talk about a pilot. What do you do? You 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 go to uh, the production facility where the pipeline's coming in, or you or you go out to to where the pipeline starts at the Christmas tree or whatever, and and. Uh, this is a great question for Gav. He runs the operations and, and the crew all work under him. So this would be a great answer. For the take, take us take us through that, Gav. For sure. So uh, what we do with all of our customers is we look at their assets, uh, generally midstream, because again, we're looking at the um, at those long, long range assets, but also the large assets. So upstream would be a good example where you have many wells over a, a large area. And, uh, you know, in addition to the government regulated mandate to fly aircraft over those areas and make sure everything's okay. Um, you know, these assets are now decades old in North America and, you know, there's risk. You see what's happening in terms of weather and earthquakes and, and that kind of thing. And there's ultimately risk with pipeline that's underground and, and is decades old. And so what we're doing is flying, looking for any change. It could be a change, uh, a man-made change because somebody's digging near a right of way it could be a shift in ground or a crack in the ground because, uh, you know, weather has taken its toll on the right of way. Um, but what we do is we work with a client to kind of identify the areas they'd like us to monitor. Uh, we come up with a concept of operations of how we'll fly the drones to capture the data uh, to give to them. And then right away, we start working hand in hand with their HSE department, with their security maintenance teams. Uh, to kind of integrate ourselves into a very regulated industry. Uh, you can't just show up on uh, uh, on a pipeline and start flying vehicles over a right-of-way without very closely coordinating that with the uh, with the customer and their teams. Okay, and you mentioned underground. Um, and I, I, probably we don't realize until every once in a while we do hear about an explosion or whatever, uh, the... the uh, Many, I, I guess, hundreds of thousands of miles of pipeline that, you know, go across just, say, the United States, which is, of course, all I'm familiar with. Uh, but they're everywhere. And you, you mentioned underground. So can you guys, how do you monitor something you can't see? For sure. Um, so just one point on that. Um, I had a, a meeting with one of the executives from one of the larger oil and gas companies in North America. And the comment that stood out to me was that Joe Public is generally still the first warning sign that they get that there's been an event or, or a rupture, which is a scary thing when you think about that a lot of these pipelines run under you know, cities and towns and, and near. Um, yeah, there's a one, there's a huge one right here in my subdivision. <laughs> right. So, so our goal is not just to identify and see it before Joe Public sees it, but to actually identify areas of risk um, months or years in advance. So like you said, most of the pipeline is underground. Uh, what we're looking for is any change. When you take a person or a traditional aircraft with a pilot and they fly or walk across a, a right of way for hundreds of, of miles, it's very difficult for them to pick up subtle changes that might have changed month over month or, or year over year. Um, with our system, we're comparing uh, images from previous flights and changes to previous flights uh, for every single foot of that right of way. And so when there is a change, whether it's visible because it's uh, sloping off of the right of way, or like I said, a crack, 
Um, you know, that's one, one potential. We also see dead vegetation. So recently we had a flight here in Toronto. We were flying for a customer, a gas customer, and we saw, you know, some changes in growth patterns in a cornfield. And they sent a team out because that was a clear sign that there might be a leak underground that was not detectable through any other means other than this change in, in vegetation growth. So very often we're looking for things that the human eye wouldn't necessarily detect uh, without a system that is doing this on a regular basis and, and comparing those, those models. Yeah, and and that that's a that's a that's a great example of you know uh, detecting a leak you know where uh, somebody's uh, farm crop is is actually being uh, being threatened, and uh, and that's what that that's what we're about in this industry and it, on on this show and and the entire oil and gas global network we're we're huge advocates for. Uh, you know the oil and gas industry and this this attitude from as you mentioned joe q public that uh, you know all we're out there is uh, you know creating dirty land and dirty water and and all that sort of thing uh, there's the oil and gas industry may be without parallel to any other industry uh in in the ways that it it tries to protect the environment uh tries to keep uh the public and uh, all its workers uh, safe and, and and healthy and that sort of thing. And so we're always glad to, to bring companies like yours on that, that showcase that, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it still remains that, you know, pipelines are the most uh, efficient, effective and clean way of delivering, you know, oil and gas to the public. And, you know, we want to keep those pipelines even, even healthier uh, because they're older and they've been functioning really well. Uh, you know, and if you look at the, the alternative of putting oil and gas on a truck and delivering, it's just not as systematic or as clean. So um, with those aging pipelines, being able to get a better, closer look at them, it's imperative. Yeah, putting it on a truck or or putting it on a train. Precisely. They're they're all pipelines, but the traditional pipelines the safest and most consistent. Exactly, and from an environmental and and safety standpoint, you know, you, you're not putting people's lives at risk on on highways or uh, the. Uh, carbon emissions from from the trucks and the trains and all that sort of thing there's 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 a huge huge difference there for sure when you're putting them in trucks and trains you're letting you know things into the environment as you fill each one of those vessels so i forgot to ask you guys uh at the beginning when we got interrupted by the dog uh how long has uh skyx uh, been in business and uh, how many countries are you in I think Gav's on mute. I would. I think we've, it's five years, Gav. Is that right? Yeah, we've been in business for five years. Uh, we're operating in North America, South America, um, Africa, and I think that's it right now. Well, now that's a pretty good story because, uh, <laughs> as we all know, starting out five years ago, uh, <laughs> that that. Uh, I, I always love to hear stories of, of companies that are, you know, five, six years old because you uh, you came into this industry when it uh, wasn't exactly at its uh, healthiest uh, point. 
Yeah, it, it's interesting also because, you know, as um, drones became a possible solution for the oil and gas industry, a lot of the large companies went out, purchased drones, set up teams to fly them, and weren't really interested in working with third parties to solve that problem. Um, and then once you actually start collecting data and realizing the complexity of having useful, actionable data, um, a lot of them now have kind of either scaled those teams completely down or gotten rid of them and are turning to the experts in the field like Scott's. There goes your dog again. <laughs> and what, what kind of dog is it? I've got a Shih Tzu and a Golden Doodle. Oh, okay. That's great. Um, so, um, now, Gav, this technology uh, that that you have, uh, especially when you're, well, I started to say third world countries, but that, that's not that's not not necessarily restricted to third world countries. But uh, something else this technology contributes to in a big way, as far as HSE is concerned, is 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 what we might call third party activity, right? That's right. Um, and, and you're exactly right that it's not just uh, so-called third world countries. There's many established countries in the world where, where theft or political vandalism is an issue. Um, you know, there's, there's people who are trying to hack into oil and gas pipelines to, to steal it or, uh, or just to create envir- environmental uh, problems for the oil and gas companies. Um, we're in one country where they told us that sometimes the maintenance workers actually uh, burst the pipelines so that they will then get called to work on them. So, uh, you know, it's in their own self-interest to cause a, a leak. Um, so our system, you know, can, can track any kind of third-party activity, whether it's tire tracks where there were not previously tire tracks, signs of excavation. Uh, in some countries, you actually get thieves who are processing the oil uh, nearby. So they have hoses that are visible, um, sheds where they're processing it or trucking it away. Um, and so, from that point of view, obviously, health and safety is, is a much more alarming thing. There's obviously reports in the news that you can find from all over the world where there have been explosions and, and huge loss of life. So um, we're always very um, happy to work with those kinds of partners where it's such a critical issue and we're able to help solve that problem. I tell you what, folks, that information right there just might have been worth the uh, price of admission here today. Um, well, uh, Gavin, Jeff, this has been very interesting. Uh, again, I appreciate you both coming on the show today. Uh, we'll be sure to include your LinkedIn contact information in the show notes so anyone uh, listening can uh, can contact you directly. Uh, I want to, again, thank everyone for listening. Uh, again, remind you this podcast would not be possible if it were not for our sponsor, Anderson Hauser. Uh, please tell them thank you for sponsoring the show by going to our OGGN Anderson Hauser website, which you can find a link to in the show notes and register for our monthly giveaway. Also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and that contact info you can find in the show notes as well. Uh, Finally, you can find in the show notes, my LinkedIn contact info where you can message me. Uh, Please let me know what you're enjoying about the show and suggestions for content you might like to hear. Uh, Also, if you're looking for a speaker for a conference or meeting, uh, you can contact me about having one from our OGGN Speakers Bureau, including Mark LaCour uh, and myself. Please tune in again next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Anderson Hauser is your reliable U.S.-based and international partner for measurement instrumentation services and solutions. We are your people for process automation. 
Please leave us a review on iTunes, like us on LinkedIn, and use all of your social networking to tell your friends about us, and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.